Welcome to the Tumble Podcast, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. I'm Marshall. And I'm Lindsay. For this episode, we have a story that crosses through time and space and ends in a gigantic explosion. Ooh. Boom. <laughs> Are you excited yet? There's time, there's space, there's explosions. Tell me more. This story comes to us from Jeff Silverman, an astronomer. My name is Dr. Jeffrey Silverman, and I'm a National Science Foundation Astronomy and Astrophysics Postdoctoral Fellow at the University of Texas at Austin. That's a long title, but basically Jeff's job is studying exploding stars, or supernovae, which is the proper way to say more than one supernova. So it's not supernovas. I've heard people use supernovas, but that bothers me. I'm going to go look at some supernovas today. That is not right. Supernovae, supernovae. Yeah, that's what we go with usually. Jeff's story starts a thousand years ago with a mysterious star. Most ancient civilizations were great astronomers all over the world, and so they knew the night sky over their part of the world backwards and forwards. So if a new star popped up out of nowhere that was the brightest star in the night sky, that was a big deal. Everyone knew it, not just the scientists, not just the witch doctors. Every single person realized, hey, that's a new thing in the sky that was not there yesterday. They called these stars guest stars. Like tonight, guest starring a new dot in the sky below the other dots you're used to seeing normally. There was one in the year 1054 that went off in... Uh, the skies of the northern hemisphere so basically every culture in the northern hemisphere saw it we have written records from japanese chinese and middle eastern arab astronomers saying hey look at this new star in this part of the sky there's also records from native american tribes up and down north and south america so what was it it was a supernova an exploding star but they didn't know it was exploding it would have looked like any of the bright stars you see in the night sky. It would have just appeared out of nowhere. So the 1054 supernova we know was visible during the day for almost a month and then visible at night for almost two years. So imagine you're alive in 1054 and the night sky is big, bright, and clear. And nobody has any TVs, nobody has any iPads, or like showers, or toilets. Basically there's nothing to do <laughs> But go outside and look at the sky. And be like, oh, there's something in the sky that wasn't there. I know, because I check every night. And everybody's talking about it, just like everybody talks about that new viral video that you saw. <laughs> it's like, did you see the cat video in the stars? Yes, it was the cat video equivalent of the night sky. <laughs> but then it just goes away, and it never comes back. It's like a, a mystery that they never would have had a good explanation for. So what actually happened? Well, what looked like a new star was actually a dying star, not too far from our solar system. In the year 1054, the light from this dying star got to the Earth. And what we think now happened, as we have observed it with the Hubble Space Telescope and, and other instruments in the past hundred or so years off and on, this star was about 15 times the mass of the sun. Uh, it lived for probably 100 million years. And then at the end of that lifetime, it ran out of 
energy in the core. A star, like our sun, has two major parts, the inner core and outer layers. The inner core is like the power plant of the star, and it keeps it shining bright. It's constantly pushing outwards, but the outer layers are being pushed in by the force of gravity. Normally that's a nice balance, but if you shut off the outward force in the core, the outside has to collapse. And so this large star collapsed on itself and actually rebounds off of a very dense core called a neutron star. And then this rebounding kind of explodes outward into space and gives us this kind of supernova. This is only when it's a certain size, at least eight times the mass of our sun. And so this isn't going to happen to our sun, but it happens to stars in the universe all the time. So we think somewhere in the universe, every second, there's about 10 stars exploding. The collapse itself, from when fusion turns off to when the outer layers collapse and do this bounce and explosion, it takes a span of milliseconds, if not just a few seconds. Okay, so like a star exists for billions and billions of years, and then it's just gone in milliseconds? Yeah, just like, boom, gone, gone. So what everyone was looking at in the sky in 1054 was actually the aftermath of a dying star. But how do we know that? Like, how do we know that this one thing that we saw in, or that somebody said they saw in 1054 was a supernova? Well, the explosion left a big clue behind in the sky. It's a bubble of debris that we can still see in space. It's called a supernova remnant. So this is sort of an expanding bubble of material that was blasted out in the supernova explosion and eventually will run into the stuff between stars, gas and dust kind of floating around, minding its own business. And when this supernova material runs into it at very high speeds, it crashes into it, it heats up, it lights up, and it gives us what we call a supernova remnant. And so remnants are only around for maybe a few thousand or 10,000 years, and then they become so diffuse and so uh, cloudy and wispy that we really can't notice them anymore compared to the other background stuff. Fast forward to today, and you can see a very famous image from the Hubble Space Telescope, which is where almost all of the awesome space images you see come from. We have this picture on our website, tumblepodcast.com. I think you should go there and check it out, and you'll see, you know, a big infinite thing that looks like swirling colors out in space. Uh, You can see glorious detail because it's so nearby that that Hubble can really see little knots and filaments of gas and dust and material interacting. So Edwin Hubble, the astronomer that the Hubble Space Telescope was named for, was actually the one who made the connection between the supernova remnant and the mysterious star of 1054 when he was working back in the 1920s. He used the speed of the bubble's expansion to backtrack or rewind to the explosion, the moment of the explosion, and found out that it must have happened nine centuries ago. It was also in the part of the sky where Chinese astronomers had described seeing that guest star. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then years later, Hubble's telescope gives us this amazing close-up. 
Okay, so if we know all this stuff about supernovae, why is anybody still studying them? Like, don't we know everything? I mean, besides that explosions are totally awesome. Well, they're also part of a bigger picture of the universe. In addition to the material that they blow out, it's also a huge amount of energy, right? This blast wave. You know, you've seen Michael Bay movies where the explosions knock down buildings and knock people over. Same thing happens in supernovae, but instead of people or buildings getting knocked over, you have clouds of gas and dust that get kind of jostled or knocked into each other. And that might start an area getting a little bit more dense. There's a little bit extra material in some spot. And then that starts gravitationally collapsing on itself. And that's how new stars are born. So you have the death of one star leading to the birth of new stars, very circle of life. I'm a big Disney fan, so I like that. So what we're seeing in the debris bubble of the exploding star is a part of the universe actually rebuilding itself. And what's more, supernovae are responsible for making most of the elements of life. So the Big Bang, the beginning of the universe, started with hydrogen, helium, and a little bit of lithium. Those are the top three elements on that periodic table, but pretty much everything else is made in stars or in the supernova. So the calcium in our bones, and the oxygen we breathe, the iron in our blood, that was all cooked up in a star a few billion years ago, exploded outward in a supernova, and then became part of the sun, and then the earth, and then us. Wow, so supernovae are like, they're like the ovens that built the universe. Yeah, they, that's where things that made us got cooked up. Okay, so next time you step in a pile of dog poop, just remember, I'm stepping in a supernova. Dog poop is star stuff, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) Sure thing. And cat poop. And chicken poop. And really, like, all the kinds of poop. Yeah. Which is what I should have thought of when I stepped in some of that today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's our show for today. (laughs) Before we go any deeper into that story, let's wrap this up. That's our show. Thanks to Dr. Jeffrey Silverman. Sarah Lentz, Tom Gibson, and Jenny Magic. I wrote and produced the show, and Marshall wrote the awesome theme song. So you should check out our website, www.tumblepodcast.com, for the blog on this episode, where you can see the amazing Hubble images we talked about, watch video of a great talk by Jeff, and learn more about supernova research. We're going to take a break over the summer while we work on our next season of Science Stories. And a big part of that is incorporating your feedback into our show. We really, really, really want to hear what you think of the show. So right now we're hosting a series of listening parties with kids like you to get together, listen to an episode, and then discuss what you thought. So if you're a parent and you'd like to host a Tumble Podcast listening party, Get in touch with us. We'd love to help you set one up. You can contact us on the Tumble Podcast Facebook page, our Twitter at Tumblecast, or good old-fashioned email, tumblepodcast at gmail.com. Carrier Pigeon also works. No, it doesn't. Oh. Well, have a great summer, and we'll be back with more stories of science discovery. Mm-hmm.